It's good to see you guys here. I know it's Friday. I know it's, it's tough to get here on a Friday. Everybody's tired, you know, long week. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's always good to come here with our family and get refreshed in the Lord. Amen. Um, I have a word for us tonight. Um, God has a word for us tonight, and I, I want to get into it uh, right away. Uh, so let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your faithfulness, God. Right now, Father, we just we enter into the awareness of your love, God. We just enter into the awareness of your presence right now, Father, and we just delight in you, Lord. Father, open our minds, open our hearts to receive you, Lord, to receive your good word. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I wasn't going to share this story, but I thought it was appropriate because it happened today. Um, so today, uh, I, um, you know, we went to the gym in the morning. We came back, and, and I was changing, doing my, my speed change to go to work, and um, I got a text from my old, from the old uh, CEO of the company that I work at, um, and I checked it really quick, um, and it said, congratulations on 15 years. And, and I was like, 15 years? I didn't even know it had been that long, you know? <laughs> Praise God. 15 years, man, that's like a lifetime. That's like half of my life. Um, well, you know, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, that's awesome. 15 years. And, and I, you know, I went to work and I thought, you know, they're probably going to have something for me, which sucks because I don't like the spotlight. Um, and they did, they had a cake and they had a big card that everybody signed and, and they sang me a 15-year-old, like, 15-year congratulations song that they made up, you know. <laughs> and it, it was nice. The, the, the cake was good. And, um, you know, as I was reflecting on these 15 years, I was just kind of being, like, thanking the Lord and being grateful for those 15 years. And how, just remembering how God, through those 15 years, has just opened doors. You know, I started at this job as a cashier. And 15 years later, I'm a creative director, you know. And, and I can see, and like I reflect on those 15 years, and I can see every time how the Lord opened the door for me. Where God was opening doors, working for me while I was just doing the normal. You know, like not worrying about anything, just being a kid. And he was opening doors for me every step of the way, increasing the favor, increasing, like, just his goodness all over me. And, you know, and I was reflecting on this and just, be, just feeling so grateful and thinking, like, God, you're so good. Like, you're so good. Everything that you've done, God, so good, you know. And as I was thinking about these 15 years, you know, I thought, I remembered a thing that Kevin said to me once, we were hanging out and he said, you know, you, you and my other friend are a couple of people that, like, I've always seen that I've always been, like, favored, you know, that have never gone through, like, like, have always had, like, 
you know, just blessed, you know. And I thought about, and I remember that today, and I thought about, when Kevin said that to me, I, I thought about that in that moment, and I thought, like, that's true, you know, I never thought about it, but it's true, I've, I've always been blessed, I've always had enough, you know, I've always, ever since I started working, I've always had enough, I've never had to borrow money, or I've never had to take money, or, you know, but I've always had enough, and, and praise God that I've always had more than enough, so that I can bless others, so that I can give to others. And it wasn't because, you know, and as I thought about this, it wasn't because I'm more talented than the next person, not because my skills are better than the next person, or because I did anything different. I didn't go to college. And so I just thought it's just because of the favor of the Lord. It's something that you cannot explain. It's just the favor of the Lord. And, you know, and I can, and the only thing that I can remember that I ever did that I could say, okay, well, maybe it's because of this, and I remember it like it was yesterday, is the first, my first job, I was 17, and I worked at the Levi store. And you know how it is, like, when you get your first check, like, what don't you want to do with it, right? You want to expand it, that's what you want to do. But... I remember this, and I remember sitting in the car with my dad, and my dad explain, just giving me advice and saying, you know, like, the reason that you have this check is because of God. And I'm not telling you to do this, but I'm just saying that if you want to, maybe you should give this first check to the Lord. And then I thought about that, and I was like, yeah, all right, let's do it, you know? <laughs> Sounds like a good idea, right? And, you know, I was a kid, so I, I, I'm not going to say that, you know, like, my heart was for the Lord, you know? But, but it's some, somewhere in there, I know that there was something that inclined me to, aside from my dad, inclined me to give this to the Lord. I had a heart for, for doing this for him. Not that he needed it, but it's just out of honor. You know? And so I did it. And I remember when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, it was almost like the Spirit was saying, it's because of that. It's because you made a covenant with me. Because you honored me, now I have honored you. And God took whatever what that was, 80 bucks, and he has blessed me for the last 15 years. And so I want to encourage you that, that God is a God of, of covenants. Our God is a God of covenants. Just because, he, you know, he made one, we have one with Jesus, doesn't mean that he doesn't want to make you, one with you personally. You know? And, the, you know, the Bible says that he honors those that honor him. And... Um, as in my day today, and I was, I was, you know, I got the card, I got the cake, and there's this other lady in accounting that she's Christian, and, you know, she'll say hi to me sometimes, and we'll talk, you know, a little bit here and there, um, but then she sent me an email, right, and I want to read this email to you guys, because <laughs> it, it hit a spot with me, and so I want to read it to you, I'll forward it to my, uh, 
to my Gmail here. Um, okay. Her name is Chantel. So she says, hi, Carlos. <laughs> Each time I see you, I think about the verse in Isaiah. In quietness and trust is your strength. Never knew you have been working here for so long at Wally's. Wow, 15 years. That is a long time. Yes, it is. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. May he continue to bless you, the work of your hands, and all the other areas of your life. That's, that's good, right? That's good. Even at work, God is after you, right? But the key word here is delight. Those that delight in the Lord, okay? And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about a heart for God, a heart that delights in God, okay? Amen. And I think it's fitting because it's, uh, what's Valentine's is next weekend, right? Valentine's, right? Men, I hope we're ready, right? <laughs> And uh, we're ready. You just got to choose the barbecue place that you're going to take her to, you know, because she obviously wants barbecue. <laughs> and ladies, you know, it doesn't hurt to give your man a gift, you know. It's Valentine's. It's equal rights, right? <laughs> but, you know, love is a crazy thing, right? Love is a crazy thing. When, when you fall in love, like, you do some crazy things, right? You do everything, anything, and all things, right, for that one person, right? Your mind changes, right? And um, it's just crazy. Like, with, with me and my wife, you know, I, I remember these days <laughs> where, you know, I would, I would get off of work, right? I would get off at work at 6, and she lived in Pico, and I'd get off of work at 6 and on the 10 for two hours all the way to Pico three times a week. Spend the day, the week, the whole weekend there. This is what love does, right? Makes you do crazy things. It transforms you. You, you might think, you know, a certain way before you meet that person. But all of a sudden, you meet that person, and that person thinks differently, and you think differently. You don't think the same. You know, another story. I had never wanted to ever throw myself out of an airplane. Never. But this happened to be one of her things, right? She wanted to go skydiving. And I was like, yeah, whatever you want, baby. <laughs> Whatever you want, right? Like, I'm down. You're going to be, you know, you're turning 21. We got to do it. Yes, got to throw ourselves out of an airplane. Let's do this thing. And, you know, so I went. I got the thing. And, like, we, you know, we didn't tell anyone. We just went. And it was a place in Indio. And, you know, we, you know, we're doing, like, the practice jumps on, on, on the plane on the ground. And the suit. And everything was good. We got on the airplane. And that's when it hit me. I'm jumping out of this plane. I don't know why. 
I'm looking at her like, do you know we're doing this? <laughs> do you know that, you know, we're going to jump out of that door? And I'm just like, okay. And, but, you know, it was an amazing experience. Like, I'm glad I got to do it once, never again. But love does some crazy things, you know. And even now, like three years later, married, you know, I'm still changing. You know, I call it change. She calls it tame. She's taming me. But I'm changing. You know, like putting all the seats down on the toilet. Not just the one, but the two before I flush. You know, no shoes in the house. It's just the rules. Love makes you do crazy things. But there is no greater love than Jesus. There is no greater example of love than Jesus. And he's such a good leader because he led by example. You know, he came down. The, the word says that he so loved the world that he sent his only son to die for us, for a bunch of people that might choose him, right? That might choose him. No, no, no prerequisites. He didn't say, well, like, can I have 25%? Are 50% going to choose me? No. He just died and said, like, it's done. Love. This awesome love. You know, there's a song that says, Love doesn't cost a thing. <laughs> I didn't know who sang that, but Norma told me who it was. Not a fan. But the truth is, it does cost. Love is very expensive. Jesus, sometimes we think that it didn't cost Jesus anything. You know? But you know, Jesus was a king. Jesus was king before he ever came to this earth. Jesus had a kingdom and still has a kingdom before he ever came to this earth. Jesus was God before he ever came to this earth. So he had nothing to win by coming here except for us. Because he loved us so much. And he paid with his blood. And it cost him blood, sweat, and tears. He gave it everything. He didn't reserve anything. But the last drop of blood, he gave it for us. Amen? Gave it all for us. And if you think about it, why didn't God just send an angel? Why didn't God just send a man to die for us? See, because what God was after was a relationship with you for eternity. And no man is eternal. No angel is eternal. Only the blood of Christ is eternal. And that blood is sitting up there now alive and well because it's the covenant of your relationship, our relationship with him. Because he loved you so much that he wanted to have a relationship with you for eternity. For eternity, amen? All right, let's talk about this love. Let's go to Jeremiah 24-7. You can say amen when you're there.
All right, so it says, I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. I will give them a heart. So God is giving us a new heart. God has given us a new heart. Why? Because without a new heart, there can be no transformation. Without a new heart, we can't understand God. We just won't get it. And that's why the world just doesn't get God. Because they don't have a new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. This is the heart that God gave you, that gave us. He says he, he's going to remove the heart of stone. And he's going to give us a new heart and a new spirit. Why do, we need, why do we need a new heart? If we don't embrace God's new heart, the, we cannot walk in the kingdom. If we don't embrace God's new heart, we cannot bring the kingdom in. So we'll still be part of the church, but with a heart of stone. We won't be bringing in the kingdom of God. We won't have a kingdom heart. We'll be part of the church, but still with the heart of stone if we don't embrace this heart. What do you mean? Okay. For example, have you ever heard somebody say, you know what? I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm just going to let the Lord take care of that. Right? Amen, right? Amen. Okay. But God said, forgive and have mercy. So which one is it? Have you ever thought that when we say, you know what, I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm just going to let the Lord deal with it. What are we doing? We're turning God loose on this person. We're saying, God, you're, you're my hit man. Go get him. This is the kingdom, being in the kingdom with the heart of stone. God doesn't want vengeance. God is not a God of vengeance. God wants mercy. So this whole thing of like, well, I'm not going to do anything because, you know, God will take. No. God wants mercy. Forgive. Let's forgive. Let's forgive. That's the kingdom value. It's forgiveness. It's not setting God to go do my dirty work. God doesn't do your dirty work. Have you ever heard... I know I used to struggle with this. Like, Lord, I, I want to give. I want to give, but God, if I give them, they're going to go buy booze. They're going to go buy cigarettes. They're going to go buy drugs. They're going to go buy this and do all this. God, I'm not, I, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to do it. That's a kingdom value. I want to give, but my heart of stone is saying no because they're going to go do something else with it. Right? In the kingdom, you give without any prerequisite. You just give. You just give without expecting anything back. 
you just give, even if you don't know what they're going to do with it, you give. Because that's what you, who you are. You're a giver. Jesus gave you salvation. He came and gave you his life before he ever knew that you were going to take it. Let's do the same. Have you ever encountered somebody that, that's part of the church? And, and I know there's none like us here. But that just thinks that they know everything. I learned directly from God. I, 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 I can't learn from my peers and my brothers. We're a body. We learn from each other. We uplift each other. We encourage each other. There's a spirit in us that teaches us to, my right eye doesn't see what my left eye sees. But that's why I have two. Last one. Church unity. How many Christians grew up, how many of us grew up being scared of the united church? Of like, oh, you know what? No, you know, the Catholics, they're trying, they're, they're you know, their, their services are starting to look like our services. And I just, you know, there, there's something going on there. We got to stay away. God is coming back for a body, not for parts. God's heart is in a united church. We can't be scared anymore of a united church. Now, I know there's heart issues. You know, that's why there's churches on every corner, because everybody has a different perspective or translation of the gospel of Jesus. But there's only one God, one kingdom, one gospel, and there can only be one church. So we got to change, we got to let God change our hearts so that our minds can change. How does this happen? God gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our new heart. He says that he takes the heart of stone away. What's what's a heart of stone? When I think about a stone, I think hard, not sensitive to God. A stone doesn't feel. It's very cold, heavy. And when I think about stone, I think like that stone that was like, that was that was blocking Jesus in the cave. See, our hardest stone blocks us from God. That stone blocks us from having intimacy with God, not being sensitive to God and what's in his heart. So he takes that stone away, and he gives us a heart of flesh. When I think about the flesh, I think about how sensitive my flesh is, how I hurt, how I feel, how there's emotions. And those, those things are good. You know, a, a lot of the times in some, you know, in a lot of churches, they're scared of emotions and feelings and things like that. But that's the way that God made us. If he didn't want that, then he wouldn't have made us that way. God has room for this. He is a God that is a God of, of, of heart, of love. He, he cares about your feelings. He cares about how we feel, what we're going through. He gives us a heart of flesh so that we could be connected to his heart. 
What's the difference between a heart of stone and a heart of flesh? A heart of stone is when you do things because you have to do things. I got to do this because that's what I should do. I sh- I- I'm going to give because I'm a Christian and I should give. I should forgive because, you know, the Bible says to forgive. Those are good things. But when you have a heart of flesh, you know and you can feel the spirit in you. And you don't do it anymore because you have to do it or because you should do it, but because it's in you. That's who you are. It comes out of you to give. It comes out of you to forgive. It comes out of you to love. This is the heart of flesh that God has given you in the Holy Spirit. So I want to ask you, is your mind being renewed? Are you, are you feeling that love, the empathy, the, the love for your, bre- for your brethren, for your family? Are you feeling that love for the stranger? Do you notice some of these things that I said about the giving and some of the, the vengeance stuff? If you do, and I know that I do sometimes, that means that we have to align ourselves to God's heart, that we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that he can change our hearts, so that our minds can be renewed. The Bible says that he gives us a heart to know him. This is the purpose of the new heart, is to know him, the knowledge of God. So the more that you know God, the more things you know. The more that you know God, the more you know his will. What's, your will, what's the will for your life? What's the will for your family? What's the will for the church? What's the will for thing, anything that you might have an interest in? The more that you know him, the more you love him. Like in any relationship, the more you know that person, the more you fall in love with them. The more you know everything about them, the more you love everything about them. And the more you love him, the more you love what he loves. You know, it's like, it's like you know, with your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or boyfriend, you might have never loved what they do. Or like, maybe they like to go watch movies all day. Or maybe, you know, they like to play video games all day but you like to do what they like to do because you love them. And the more you love God, the more you're going to love what God loves. Have you ever noticed how, like, you know, sometimes it feels like we're a little, we're a little kind of like, we're needy in the love section, in the love area of our hearts, where I suffered from this, where I had a, I thought that I had a really awesome relationship with God. And I thought that, that him and I had a really intimate relationship with God. But I found myself thinking I had a cold heart. That it would be hard for me to feel for somebody else. Or even love on somebody, on a kid. Because to me, it was, he was more annoying than, you know, anything. When you love him, when you love his heart, you start loving what he loves. 
And when you really let this love change you and transform you, you start seeing that doors are being opened in your heart for others. And you start having love for your brother, for your sister. You start having love for the church, for God's purposes, not just in your life, but in the life of the church. Not just in the church, but for those that are lost. Not just for the lost, but all those that are rejected. God's love is the perfect love that we all need. We need our minds to be renewed. Without our minds being renewed, the kingdom cannot come through us. Let me, let me give you an example. The United States spent a ton of money, billions of dollars, sacrificed lives trying to bring democracy to a place like Iraq sent billions of dollars, invested billions of dollars, sent troops over there. They wanted to bring democracy over there. And I know there's probably other reasons, but they wanted to bring democracy. And so they come, they get rid of the oppressor, right? They free the people, and they bring in this new idea of democracy. But things are the same. It never worked. Is it because democracy doesn't work? Or is it because the people's hearts and minds haven't changed? See, democracy isn't the changer. It's changing the heart. And so in the same way, I feel like the church needs to go through this process of a transformation. See, we want to see the kingdom come. There's a kingdom that we're going to, but there's a kingdom that God wants to bring through us right now. Amen? And we want to see this kingdom come, and we want to see people healed. We want to see people delivered. We want to see, you know, the blind see. When we pray for people, we want to see them just break through, you know? But if our hearts aren't changed, if our minds aren't transformed, how can this happen? You know, it's like these people, their minds haven't changed. Their hearts haven't changed. They're still one foot in and one foot out. Democracy isn't going to work that way. You need to have a complete change of heart, change of mind. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to do it, to renew our whole mind. You know, and not everyone, not everyone in a country like Iraq is opposed to change. You got people that are ready for change. You got people that are desperate for change. But what happens is that there's people that want change and there's people that don't want change. So what's the problem? That the kingdom's divided. Amen? What did Jesus say about a divided kingdom? said it will not stand. So is your kingdom divided? Is our kingdom divided? Do we want this new kingdom to come 
but we got one, one foot in the new kingdom and one foot in our own kingdom? We got to be like the Bible says. We got to open up these gates and let the king of glory come in. Amen? And let him take over. The verse says, I will give them a new heart to know me, and they will be my people, and I will be their God. This whole thing is about God, you being God's people. This whole thing is about relationship with God. See, he gives you a new mind, transforms, gives you a new heart so that you may know him, so that you can come and be his people. Think about it this way. When you're born again and you come to Jesus, you are born into a new nation. Jesus is your country. Okay? You leave that old country and you're born into a new country. This country's name is Jesus. And you're part of this country. And you come into this country like you came into the old country. You come in as a baby. You come in as a newborn. What does that mean? That means that you got to let him father you. You got to let him nurture you. You got to be willing to learn from him and others that have been living in this kingdom longer. You know, my wife and I, we're really good babysitters. You know, we got it. We're on call. But, you know, my wife is really good with kids. And I remember uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I was watching her play with Nathan, our, our nephew. And they were, like, putting a puzzle together. He likes puzzles. And Norma started putting the puzzles together, but not in, like, any really good, you know, you know, a, a really good way of doing it, I guess, according to him. She just randomly started putting pieces together. So he goes, he goes, no, not like that. And he was like, why? He was like, not like that. And he comes and he disassembles the puzzle. And then he starts putting the edges together. Right? And then, then Norma asked him, how come? Like, why? Why like that? Because that's how Papa showed me. See, when we're coming into this kingdom, maybe we have old ways of doing things. And we try to bring those old ways over to this new country. But we got to leave that behind. And we got to know and let Papa show us. Amen? We got to let our Father show us. We got to let our, our Father nurture us. Show us his ways, his values, his kingdom. Amen? Because it's all about having a heart for him. I've always heard, like, people ask God, and, and I know I've done this, is like, God, let me into your secret place. But are we letting God into our secret place? Are we letting God into our hearts? Amen? You see, God doesn't only want you to know him, but he wants to know you. 
And this is what it's all about, is intimacy with the Father. Amen? The last part of the verse says, For they will return to me with their whole heart, having a heart for God. It says, For they will return to me with their whole heart. With their whole heart, that means a complete heart. Full on. Down for Jesus. Not, not having any prerequisites. Not having like any, you know, anything that you'll say, yeah, Lord, I'll, I'll come back to you, but if you take care of this. No circumstances. Have you ever gone into a relationship where you're like, uh, yeah, you know what, um, we could try this, but like, uh, you know, only on the weekends and, you know, only if you do this and you can only wear these shoes. No, nobody goes into a relationship that way. I mean, if you're in that kind of relationship, you know, we can pray, we, we can pray for you after, after the service. But nobody goes into a relationship that way. And we shouldn't either. Because I know God didn't. I know that Jesus didn't come into this relationship with us with any prerequisites. See, he didn't ask for us to do anything. He came and gave all his love for us, regardless of our response, but he did it anyways. And that's the way that God wants us to return to him. Whole heart, completely, nothing being held back. I want to read, let's go to Acts 13. We're going to read verse 22 to 23. Say amen when you have it, please. All right, so Acts 13 says, 22. And when he had removed him, he raised unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony. God gave testimony of David and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all of my will of this man's seed, hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus Christ. That's amazing, man, that God would testify about a man after his own heart. Let's be like David. Let's be like David, a man after God's heart. A man after God's heart, like the verse says, that will fulfill my will, you know? And then that through this man, Jesus Christ would come. That's, that's the key right there. All we got to do is delight in God, follow his heart, follow his heart, do his will. When we follow his heart, when we have his heart, a heart for his heart, we're going to love to do his will. And when we love to do his will, not because we have to, but because we love to do his will, something is going to be born out of us that's going to bring salvation. Amen? The relationship between God and David, it's amazing, man. David wanted to do what God wanted to do. See, David, even as a king, didn't care about his kingdom. He cared about God's presence. 
God had, David had everything. But what was David concerned with? His presence. He said, one day in your presence, God, over a thousand somewhere else. God, may your, may your presence never leave me. May you never forsake me. Presence-centered. He was God-centered. He wanted God. That was his thing. David had a kingdom perspective before he was ever a king. And that's what qualified him to be a king. Is that God transformed his heart and his mind so that he could be the kind of king that God was after. Another man that happened to be David's best friend, Jonathan, had a kingdom heart. Let's read Samuel 18, 1 Samuel 18. And we're going to read verse 3 to 4. And it says, And Jonathan made a covenant with David, because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Jonathan here shows his love for David by giving him his robe, his authority, right, his glory as the heir to the kingdom, and then gives him his bow, his sword, and his belt, which is basically saying, here's my allegiance. You have my bow, you have my sword, you have my belt, and I give you the glory. And I give you my kingdom. Because, see, it belonged to Jonathan. See, this wasn't an easy decision. Like, Jonathan wasn't just giving, like, a bag of, of fruit. Jonathan was a son of a king. And he was the heir of the kingdom. Jonathan wasn't like some regular Joe Schmo. The guy was a Philistine slayer. Amen? He was a warrior. He had history. People loved him. I'm sure there was an expectation of him taking the throne. But what did he do? He laid it all down for David. Because he had a kingdom heart. He had a heart for the kingdom. He knew that David was the king that was to be reigning over Israel. He recognized God's will in David's life. He recognized that the best thing he could do for the kingdom was to give everything to David. Amen? We got to do the same thing. Why do we have to do the same thing? Why do we have to give everything to God? Why can't we be, why can't we live, keep living as a divided, as a divided Christian or a follower or a disciple of Jesus Christ? Why? Because I'll tell you why. What was the issue with Saul? See, in Saul's eyes, he thought that his kingdom was divided. When he saw David come back from war, he heard the people sing. And he thought, they're loving David. David's going to be their king. So he saw division in his kingdom. 
And you know what happened? That division provoked, let me get it here right, insecurity. He became an insecure king. And he didn't prosper. His kingdom failed. And he had a bad ending. And if we don't decide to give it all for God, if we don't give all our hearts to God, if we don't just turn and just give all our heart to God and go after him, we'll be a divided kingdom. And we'll, and we'll be in the church, live in the kingdom, but we'll be insecure kings. And an insecure king cannot bring in the kingdom of God. We got to let go of the, totally let go of the old and let God bring in the new. See, because God wants to do a new thing in you. You're, you're a baby. God is doing a new thing in you. God wants all our hearts, all our minds. God wants all our heart, all our mind, so that he can trust us with his kingdom. I want to, before I end, I want to make a, a declaration. God is raising a generation of lovers. God is raising a generation of people that have a heart for him and him first. Not after things, not after ministry, not after gifts, not after anything but him. God is raising a generation of just lovers. In this generation, they're going to be like David's mighty men. In this generation, it's going to make, it's going to bring the church back to be a safe place for the sick, for the lost, for the unwanted, and for the broken. But it's going to take a generation of lovers to do this. It's going to take a generation of lovers to transform the church, to be a place of rest again. Can I have the worship team, please? <laughs> to close, you know that, I don't know if you read the story, but Jonathan, he had a son. His name was, it's got a weird name. Mephiboshet, 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 that was his name, believe it or not. And the Bible says that after David became king and the Lord destroyed all of his enemies, David went looking for this son of Jonathan. And this son of Jonathan was hiding because he thought that he might get killed because he was Jonathan's son. And David came because of his love covenant with Jonathan. 
he came to his son and restored all of Saul's lands to him and gave him a place for him at the king's table. Now, this would have never happened if Jonathan wouldn't have given his life for David, for David's kingdom. And so here's my point. In love, love comes to you when you least expect it. When you're not even looking for it, love comes. And so what I'm saying is, go after God. Delight in Him. Give Him your heart. Just with all of your heart, just seek the Lord. Delight in Him. Love Him. Give Him all of your affection. And all the things that you've been pressing for, all the things, the ministry, the, the, the gifts, like the, the breakthrough in your life, whatever it is that you're digging in for in your family, in your friendship, in your, in your job, you know, that's going to come. But first it takes you giving up all those things for him only. So let's return to God. Let's get up on our feet. Lord, Father God, give us a heart for your heart, God. Give us a heart after your heart, Lord. Give us a heart after your heart, Lord God. And let the King of glory come in. Father, help us open up our gates so that the King of glory come in, Lord. Hear our hearts cry right now, Lord. Right now, Jesus. Let the King of glory come in, Lord. Just change our hearts, God. Change our hearts, Father God. Because we want to be after you, Lord. We want to be after your heart. Because it is your heart that transforms us, Lord God. It is your heart that does everything that we can't do, Lord. Yes, Lord. Transform our hearts, God. Give us a new heart.